Hi everyone, I'm Rory McCann with the Next Generation Diagnostics Summit. I'm very pleased to have the opportunity to speak with Dr. Alan Northrup, CEO of Myotics, and Sean Givens, COO of Myotics, to talk with us about point-of-care devices and their role in immunotherapy. Dr. Northrup will be giving a talk at the Enabling Point-of-Care Diagnostics Track on August 15th in Washington, D.C. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Is it feasible to use point-of-care devices in immunotherapy? Okay. So you have to define point-of-care devices. So if you're in a hospital and the hospital has sequencing capabilities, then the answer is yes. If you think a point-of-care is some handheld thing you can take into the field to a clinic or a doctor's office, then the answer is no, because it requires a DNA sequencer. The only thing I would say about that is that there's some sequencing technology coming out from Oxford Nanopore. It is essentially a thumb drive, but that's pretty early and it's not going to have the kind of resolution that we would need, but they said that about PCR 20 years ago. So the answer is in point of care, if it's in a facility that has sequencing capability, the answer is yes. However, the other question is, when would they have to get the answer? So we need a day and a half. I guess it depends on when you're determining point of care. I think, you know, immunotherapy versus infectious disease, it's really critical to get that information back within two hours, four hours. With immunotherapy, because they're on a long-term regimen, it doesn't, that point of care isn't as critical in terms of getting that time of results. So, you know, in terms of monitoring a patient's for immuno response, yeah, I think being able to draw blood while the patient's there and delivering the result back to the doctor within a week could should be considered point of care. Yeah, so it really depends upon how you define point of care. Is Myotics exploring point of care devices and how? Well, I mean, right now I would say that we are, as others are, basically figuring out what information from sequencing we specifically sequence T cells in this particular case, figuring out what are the markers, what are the sequences we're looking for. So it's pretty much still in a discovery mode. Our collaborators have published some papers, but it's several years out to have kind of an analogous, like Sean said, device in a clinic or hospital's office that could do, I mean, a doctor's office that could give you a quick turnaround time on whether you have an infectious disease, HIV, or the flu, or something like that. So right now, it's still early in discovery, but fundamentally, it is point of care because the information would be used to modify treatments. What we're developing is essentially a sequencing kit that our goal is to be able to have this kit delivered to reference labs all over the world and being they run this test, upload the data into our analyzer, get the results back. So I guess from that perspective, we consider that to be point of care. Now, what are some challenges between now and the discovery phase and the future when it is more commonplace, like you said, in doctor's office being able to be used by doctors and their patients? What are some challenges between now and then that you anticipate? Uh, Like Sean just said, that basically you're going to have to have access to a sequencer. That could be us, for example, and you would provide a blood sample. We would do the analysis and, as you mentioned, upload to essentially the cloud. And then doctors and patients would have access to those results remotely. So that's the thing. 
no offense against the word point of care, but, you know, it really has to be defined. And the information would be used to modify treatment, and that's the point of what we're doing. I think, in general, point of care typically means things like microfluidics, handheld devices, things that you can widely distribute to doctor's offices. That's not really what we're doing. I, maybe in the future, when sequencing becomes you know, portable, that might be doable. Do you think that this kind of technology that is in the discovery phase, do you think it can impact the future of immunotherapy? And how do you see the two working together? Yeah. Right now, what's happening in immunotherapy is that the physician makes a decision that a patient is a good candidate for immunotherapy. And so your patient, you've been determined to be a candidate for immunotherapy. There are some companion diagnostics that are out there, pretty simple. And if you're a candidate, then you would undergo immunotherapy. And basically, right now, there really isn't any way to monitor the patient's response to immunotherapy. As immunotherapy has been expanding in use, the doctors and researchers starting to discover that there are side effects. And one of the things we're working on with technology from UCSF is by monitoring with a blood sample from those patients, for example, before treatment and then at time periods immediately after, within several months after, we're looking at how the T cells are responding in terms of their genetic repertoire. They're basically, how are the T cells responding? And so you can have no expansion of the T cells. They look the same as they did before. You can have an expansion of the T cells an increase in number, and if there's an increase in number, they can be an increase of diversity or an increase in the number of clones. If it's an increase in the number of clones, the immunotherapy is essentially doing what it's supposed to do because you're generating T cells specifically for the treatment of the cancer cells. And the other possibility is that they could be expanding in what they call a diversified mode which means you've triggered your immune system to respond, but it's kind of responding sort of nonspecifically, and that can create side effects. So that's the thing we're monitoring is those three different conditions, basically. No response, a good response, and a bad response. So that does affect treatment, of course. Yeah, I might expand on that a little. When you're looking at what Alan is referring to, the clinality is just essentially the uh, precision of the T-cell response. So when you see clonality, it typically indicates a precise response. So as we start to develop off the platform and we get more fidelity, uh, one of the things we're looking at is how you phenotype the cells. So eventually what we'd like to be able to identify is specifically which T-cell population is actively responding to the immunotherapy so that we can help doctors and and, uh, drug companies develop better targeted immunotherapies. Do you have anything else you'd like to add on this topic? In a broader sense, we're focused on monitoring the patient's physiological, immunological response to drug treatment, to therapy, and at a very high level, and that's not a very typical thing. We also work with a transplant doctor at Stanford, and it's kind of an analogous situation where they will match tissues from donors to recipients as much as possible in advance by looking at their genetic makeup or their histocompatibility complex. 
but that's the best they can do. And then they do the transplant, and then for a period of several months, the doctors really don't know whether the body is, how the body of the recipient or the immunological system of the recipient is, is responding. So they bombard the patient with immunosuppressant drugs to kind of keep the immune system from overreacting or reacting to the foreign tissue, and they'll do that. And then they'll do typical blood tests, kind of typical clinical blood tests, and look for symptoms of rejection. And then if there looks like an indicator of some kind of physiological response from a typical clinical test, then they may go in and do a biopsy, and that becomes highly invasive. But the point is, is that basically, at least those two cases and probably many others, there really isn't a way to monitor the effect of therapy. So we focused on immunotherapy because it's, first of all, very expensive therapy, as is transplant, transplantation of organs. But I would imagine in the future, there would be point of care technology that would allow physicians and patients to monitor their own response to a variety of therapies. So I think that that's a big, big opportunity for, quote, point-of-care devices to monitor how patients are responding to therapies directly. In our case, we're monitoring the T cells, which are the cells that respond to either an immunotherapy or to a transplant. So in a broad sense, there's a real need for, quote, point-of-care devices for monitoring therapy, the response of a patient to therapy. I mean, I think point-of-care devices in the infectious disease world essentially monitors either the blood level of the virus or maybe the immunological response of the immune system by looking at antibodies to a disease. So I think that there is a huge need for point of care, point of treatment, monitoring of therapies in patients. Thank you. That's really interesting. It's pretty clear that point of care devices do have a a future in many infectious diseases and in oncology. So thank you very much for kind of fleshing out and describing how it could be useful in immunotherapy and just where myotics is going with it. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and looking forward to your talk in Washington, D.C. That was Alan Northrup, CEO of Myotics, and Sean Givens, COO of Myotics. Dr. Northrup will be speaking in the Enabling Point-of-Care Diagnostics track on August 15th in Washington, D.C. at the Next Generation Diagnostic Summit. If you'd like to hear him in person, go to nextgenerationdx.com for registration information and enter the key code PODCAST. I'm Rory McCann. Thank you for listening.